This is College Hockey Southwest Weekly, your source for college hockey in the desert southwest, part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com family. Desert Southwest, part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com family. Welcome in, hockey fans in the desert southwest. Um, college Hockey Southwest Weekly on the road again. Paul Hornstein's locked down in, uh, on Long Island in his... Uh, in his spatial studio. Yeah, I am uh, it's the about ro- almost the same where you are. <laughs> I am on the 32nd floor at Planet Hollywood this week uh, doing a little Vegas action. We did some uh, Rebels Rising stuff today. Got out and talked uh, a little ACHA D1 hockey. The, uh, the Rebels are making the six-hour trip from here down to Tucson to play the uh, University of Arizona. Um, Paul didn't even cover his ears on that one. That tells you how attentive he is today, folks. So get ready I for not, that. I will <laughs> never acknowledge them. And... Uh, so they're making the trip down there. It's been raining in Vegas. I'll tell you a little story. We arrived yesterday about 4 o'clock. It was 81 degrees, and the news had nothing but record high temperature talk. Uh, right now it's about 57. It's been raining all night and most of the day. There's another storm forecast to come in later tonight. Um yeah, not your typical Vegas weather, but it is winter in the desert, so we take whatever we get. Uh, I'm told one to two feet of snow on Mount Charleston uh, before tomorrow end, before the storm ends tomorrow sometime. So we'll see what happens. But nice, toasty, warm here at Planet Hollywood. Always great to be in Vegas and any one of the Caesars properties. Um, we always thank them for the accommodations and the, the ability to get up to Vegas. We talked uh, head assistant coach today at UNLV. I talked to... Um, one of their star players, Kirk Underwood, also had a chance to visit with uh, Stephen Marsh, who is their media guy, and visited with super fan Kat Craner. So a lot of good stuff coming up in the Rebels Rising feature uh, coming up the end of the week. I'm um, sorry, what was that? I'm, I'm looking for my little violin to hear so I can play my <laughs> little tiny violin. Are you complaining about 81 and 57? Oh. And... Yeah, okay. Uh Okay, so so we got that out of the way. There is no AFC. You're from Minnesota, NCAA. right? Yeah, yeah. Long <laughs> time ago, Paul Hornstein. <laughs> this blood got real thin a long time ago, my friend. Um, I'm just saying. It's not yeah. like. Uh, yeah, keep saying it. A I'm windbreaker is too much jacket for me. Oh, man. <laughs> Stop it. All right. So uh, no ASU NCAA hockey this week. They are on hiatus with this uh, two-game break, which Coach Powers told us last week he was very thankful for as the way it turned out. It was not planned, but it turned out to be uh, kind of a blessing. Um, So we don't have a whole lot of ASU stuff to talk about, but a couple things I do want to talk about. Um, We do know when, where, and how to get tickets for ASU Harvard at Great Ice Park in Irvine, California. And I'm putting the, the, the pat on the back directly to you, my friend, for uh, digging in with Harvard and getting some stuff done. Congratulations well, listen, on that one. I, I just I didn't really do much other than ask a question. Um, yeah, but here's the thing. You must have asked it in such a way that you got a direct answer quickly because I don't know that I've ever seen anybody respond as quickly as – is it Jeff Weinstein? Is that how I'm – yeah, he's the uh, hockey SID man, over at Harvard. Shout out, Jeff. Uh, thank shout you very Jeff. much, Jeff. If Appreciate you're it, man. I got to tell you, bang up job. I, I am so impressed by by the way you responded, uh, not only to Paul but to my response as well. So, thanks a lot, Jeff. We appreciate it. Look forward to meeting you in person on your belated honeymoon in yeah. uh, 
in Anaheim, California, December 27th or so. The so, uh, SoCal Clash. Yeah, I love it, are, right? As they are uh, calling it. Um, I'm just glad they got the information out there. Um, you know, it's it's not a lot of time, but, uh, you know, hopefully there are enough uh, alumni and such in the area. I mean, it is L.A.-ish um, that, you know, both schools will have, uh, you know, reach out really hard and fast to their alumni groups in that area. And uh, they'll get the building at least, you know, 85, 90% filled. I, whether, I think it holds about, what, 3,500 people, I think they said? Yeah, I, I think I've been told 5,000, but I don't know if it's... I don't know. I don't right think it's that much. No, I don't think it's that many people. But, it, but it's, uh, it's a good... It, it, you know, comparing it to Oceanside, it's triple or three or four times <laughs> the yeah, amount well, of people. So that's a good thing. The uniqueness part of it, Paul, is the fact that Harvard decided to select SoCal as a destination to what we thought was going to be a four-team tournament. Turned out to be just a two-game series against ASU over the Christmas holiday. Right. Um, you know, we're looking forward to it because we're going to be out there. We're going to be doing I'm some looking stuff forward to there. It too. Um, Zach Mondoran, our photographer, will be there. So we'll have our professional man on site. That's how some nice of us to have, have to be. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, so, yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be a good two game series. It's going to be a needed two game series because I think both teams are going to need those two wins. Well, it's going to uh, be I, a pretty hard fought battle. The, 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 the mindset that I have is uh, is I'm very curious and I don't know if we'll ever very curious. To, I mean, Harvard obviously is a national brand. Uh, I'm very curious to know how this location was chosen because they could have played anywhere. Yep. I mean, obviously not in Vegas where you are because they already have their own tournament set up, but Harvard could have reached out anywhere to try and play the, the four team tournament that they originally set up or this two game series. They could have played it anywhere. So I'm just very curious to know uh, uh, why since, they chose Southern California. Since we don't know that yet, and maybe we'll get answers to that down the road, but since we don't, formally know that nobody's come out let's speculate here's my speculation there is a lot of hockey talent in california and yeah, it is no a doubt. untouched untouched area for the most part there's a lot of kids that are going on to the national development team that are going on to junior programs around the world uh by that i say canada and the united states um north america let's put it that right way. Uh, so there's a lot of talent out there and i think smart coaches uh, of NCAA hockey teams realize that there's talent that's being overlooked and they're all fighting to try to get in there and at least get their brand out, uh, ASU included. Yeah, so that's sure. my, my speculation on the whole deal. And, Listen, I, I'm and, sure and why that not that's go to California uh, in, if you're in Harvard, why not go to California at Christmas time? I'm not arguing. I didn't say it was a bad decision. I just I was And curious. nothing against Michigan Tech, but you can go play tournament there at Houghton, Michigan in December? I don't. No. <laughs> okay. So that, that's why we're speculating that they went to Southern California. Plus, oh, it's listen, a close proximity for, for ASU, so it makes sense. Yeah. But, I mean, they could have went to places like Dallas or yeah. Houston. Or uh, they could have went to, you know, any number of places uh, that, you know, they could have done this in Florida, too. They could have done right. this, you know, in, say, New. I just pick a weird place. 
not that it's a weird place, but they could maybe they could in New Orleans. Who knows? Just sure. to, you know, there's plenty of Harvard alumni all over the place. Oh, so yeah. I was curious, you know. Yeah, it, and that's a good question. So we'll we'll ask it again, see if we get any answers on it. But in the meantime, we know the game times. We know uh, the tickets are available. We know the website. We're going to publicize it uh, as much as we can, building up to it. So uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. After that uh, two-game series, though, Paul, uh, a lot of things are happening, right? Uh, well, here in Vegas, when I'm sitting here, I'm talking about the Fortress Invitational, of which used to be the Ice Vegas Invitational, which the first-time ever champions are the Arizona State Sun Devils. That will are. never be taken away from them. Nope. That will always be in history books. Yep. Um, this year's Fortress Invitational is bringing some teams. Who you got? Uh, the, one of the games is Ohio State versus Army. Um, and the other game is Cornell versus Providence. Um, it, it, the first matchup, Ohio State and Army, would be a uh, David and Goliath scenario. Uh, right. Cornell and Providence, a little bit, at least on paper, a little bit more evenly matched. But you know you better come to play against Army because anytime you play a service academy team in any sport, they they are going to play until the final whistle goes. And if because there's something light, called discipline there, right, Paul? I don't know what you're talking about, but uh, yeah, you know. Um, so, you know that'll be a good tournament too. You you hopefully will get, uh, you know, any of these holiday tournaments. You want them to be good. You want to showcase. Uh, the sport. Uh, I know that Cornell and BU are playing uh, the annual college game that they play every year at Madison Square Garden this year. Um, and that usually draws a full house. Um, and, you know, that they've been doing that now for about five or six years. And, you know, that's how you expand the game, to be honest with you. Well, you know what? Is, you, led, you led me into something that I was going to not really expound on too much in this show, but I want to bring this up because I had a chance to visit today with Jeff Holbrook, um, who is the guy that is in charge, basically, of bringing the 1980 Olympic team, which we just were able to finally announce last week, to uh, to Las Vegas for Relive the Miracle 2020. Uh, tickets are available for that event really? at, at relivethemiracle2020.com. Uh, nice. There's some memorabilia that you can buy. Uh, all kinds of good stuff. But I had a chance to visit with Jeff today. We're going to have the feature up, and, and what we're going to be doing is a regular feature now until February 22nd when the big event happens, 40 years after the uh, gold medal at Lake Placid for the 1980 Olympic team. Here's my point. I asked Jeff today, I said, how much did the 1980 gold medal winning hockey team have to do with growth of hockey out west, specifically in the desert southwest? And he's got a unique perspective because he used to be the former agent of Wayne Gretzky. You know that guy? Whereas Never heard of him. Was, was pretty good. Never heard of him. Anyway, he said that he, he always used to have conversations and people used to have conversations with Wayne about when you were traded to L.A., that really set everything on fire in the Sunbelt region of America. And Wayne said, yeah. You know, he said, I, I, that had something to do with it. But he said, I also give a lot of credit to the 1980 gold medal team because they really put hockey on the map around the United States. And so for Jeff to say that, he's going like, hey, yeah, these guys were kind of there too doing something at a very tough time in in uh, our history as a country to uh, go out and beat the Russians the way they were in the middle of a Cold War. 
beat them on the hockey rink a week after they'd been pounded 10 nothing. So so he gives a little credit to the 1980 Olympic team. 10 to 3. Yeah, well, okay, 10 to 3. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I say 10 nothing. I'm sorry. 10 to 3. You're right. Anyway. So, well, um, I, I'm sorry. I don't want yeah, anybody to come in. I got, yeah, I'm let him get away. It. You know what he is. You let him get away with that. Yeah. No. Uh, uh, you um, got it. Good one. Um, well, but listen. anyway, my, my point is hockey's expanding, right? And the, the, the last year Vegas hosted the Hall of Fame game between Minnesota and North Dakota, two extremely um, storied programs, I should say. Right. They came to Vegas and they shocked Vegas as to, first of all, the number of beers that they could consume <laughs> because they did that. And Vegas ran out of beer three days in a row, I believe. Uh, during that during that, that game. Um, so they impressed Vegas on that fact. What they also impressed on how college hockey is supposed to be embraced. And the reason I say embraced is North Dakota put on that event. They're also just announced this week that they're putting on another one in yeah, Nashville next year. Against State. Yeah. 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 So. So, so the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame game is now being moved around and North Dakota being, be. yeah, and North Dakota being the the team that that really drives it mostly because Listen. their fans travel. Well, that's it. Listen, I, this my personal feelings uh, aside. Uh, North Dakota fans put their money where their mouth is, yeah. and they go, they yeah. go. It doesn't matter where they go. Um, yeah. And it doesn't you know, matter if they're going to a national championship game or if they're going to a Hall of Fame game. They yeah, no, they're going. They're going. And they're it going. doesn't matter if they've got Jonathan Taves or they've got a team of rebuilds. Yeah, they go. they're going. It doesn't matter. So, yeah. so that's a lesson for every every college hockey team out there and their fan bases is you go, you support your team like a college hockey team, and, and you reap the benefits when they win. And you suffer with them when they lose, but you're still there as a fan. Okay, I'm yeah, off my well, soapbox. I just sat down. It's okay. Well, listen, I don't, uh, I don't know how much you want to get into um, the effects of the 80 Olympic team were uh, on the game of hockey uh, here before Thanksgiving, or you want to get into it a little bit closer uh, to the actual event itself. But it not only put you know, hockey, let's face it, it definitely was a a landmark event in terms of the sport in the United States. Um, and that goes double for what it did for college hockey and the respect that college hockey got and the number of players that played in the NHL from colleges before that tournament was, was very Shrimp. small, very Shrimp. small. After that, uh, the NHL was like, uh, we must have been missing something here because, you know, now there are tons and tons of players from colleges in the NHL. And that was not the case before February of 1980 at all. So, nope. Totally agree. So we won't get into too much detail on that. We'll save that for uh, my interview with Jeff, and then we'll we'll relive the miracle ourselves as we move up our little uh, – uh, show leading up to it from now until February 22nd. It's going to be known as Do You Believe in Miracles? We're going to be asking that question to a lot of different people, a lot of different hockey people. And uh, I just hope so, get their opinions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and so when we talk about and bringing us all the way back to the NCAA part of this again, it's critical 
Coach Powers has said this over and over and over again. There aren't enough stalls for NCAA caliber hockey players. And we need to grow. We all of us need to grow the college hockey sport so that there are enough stalls to fit the caliber of player that the youth and high school and junior ranks are producing, right? Some of these kids are forced to go, you know, to another place and play division three or to go play the ACHA level because they don't have a team that they can get on, but yet they might be NCAA caliber players. So, so why would you reach out to a place like Anaheim? That's a good place to maybe prod the bear a little bit and see if UCLA or USC or one of these schools could, could have a little interest down the road. You and I have talked this over. Uh, I'm sorry, but it's going to be a while before they go NCAA. And here's why coach Powers said this as well. And I take a lot of stake in what he said about this. You have to be a successful ACHA D one program, not even successful. You've got to win a national championship in his estimation before you can make that jump because he did win. And you saw what happened the first two years. They got their butts handed to them many times. So you can't expect to go from an ACHA D2 program. And just because your name is USC or UCLA and you slap $100 million into a program, that doesn't mean you're going to have the caliber of play that's going to be able to compete at the NCAA level right away. So it's a building process. I think Coach Powers has outlaid a plan for people to follow. It's being followed right here in Vegas where I'm at right now. UNLV is following it almost to a T as far as how they run their program and what they want to do. But here's what happened. Here's what's happened at UNLV. They've lost five in a row. They're headed to Tucson (laughs) with a five game losing streak. And they lost in a tournament. They won last year in Chicago and they lost a North Dakota trip. They played tough. They played close, but that's not winning a national championship at the ACHA D one level. Nope. So you got to figure that out first, and that's that's in my estimation what's going to hold up the uh, the expansion. But kudos to Harvard for for getting this going in Southern California, and kudos to uh, ASU for um, going along and being the foe. I guess you'd say they're yeah, the visiting well, listen, team at this. Um, focusing this back a little bit on ASU, um, you know, they were off last week and managed to go from 12th in the pairwise to 10th in the pairwise. Right. Uh, you know, I don't know exactly how, you know, I'm not the mathematician, but whatever formula they use, that's what, uh, you know, that's what happened. And I think that some of the questions that people had about uh, ASU this year in terms of uh, what their schedule looked like. Uh, As it's turning out, at least early on before we hit Thanksgiving here, uh, their schedule is clearly much more than representative. Um, They're playing one, two, three, four, five, six different teams that are ranked at the current moment in the top 20. And by the way, the 50 of you that vote in the USCHO poll, you guys do know that ASU swept Quinnipiac, right? You guys know that, right? <laughs> I, I'm not sitting here saying ASU should be in the top 20, but uh, Quinnipiac got five times as many votes or voting <laughs> points in the top 20 than ASU did. Hello? Uh, yeah. Am I... 
Anybody there? Yeah. Hello? No, there's not. I, I guess not because, uh, like I said, I'm not sitting here saying ASU should be in the top 20, but they have to get more votes than Quinnipiac, don't they? Yeah. Don't they? Paul, you're preaching to the choir here because I've been that saying that. That just makes for... no sense to me at all. No. It, it, I've been saying know? that since since day one, that they're not giving any respect. They came in and opened the season without a returning starting you can say i mean evan de brower was a goaltender on the team but he didn't play you come back with this and you start them at number 20 and then they fit they go six and four leading up to the week before thanksgiving and they're not worthy of enough votes to even be close I, to the top 20 i'm not i'm not How gonna get it i'm not gonna i mean they're 23 if you ranked it all the way out yeah. and, I, and i'm not trying to get into who came back and who didn't come back um, no, that, no. This, Hold this, on a minute. This is just this is how they swept them. Right. And by the way, they didn't just sweep them. Yeah. The Saturday night game, the second game of that two game series, they crushed them. Yeah. So this is part yeah. of the issue. And when people talk about the polls as compared to the pairwise, this is why they use the pairwise and not polls. Right. to determine who goes to the NCAA tournament. And Thank listen, God for you that. Sit, you could sit here and argue that ASU shouldn't be 10th in the pairwise. You could you could make a legitimate argument for that. I, I, I'm not going to sit here and, and, and say, well, the formula works, the formula doesn't work. It's what they use. And right now on ASU's schedule, just as we sit here today, the week before Thanksgiving, 12 of ASU's opponents on their schedule this year are in the top 30 of the pairwise. That's the top half of of college hockey. And of those 12 teams, okay, uh, uh, 10 of them are in the top 20. You have Minnesota State at number two in the pairwise, Harvard at number three in the pairwise, Denver at seven, Omaha at nine, Michigan State 12, uh, Clarkson 14, uh, Michigan Tech and Wisconsin are tied with Duluth. Uh, they're in uh, at basically the, the high teens. And ASU is sitting there at 10. So this schedule, which people were, and, and listen, no, this is what you got to play because you don't know how it's going to turn out once you actually get on the ice and not on paper. But you know that you know as well as I do. There are going to be people that are like, "How can ASU be tenth in the pairwise?" Yeah. And once again, Annette, and we don't know yet how that loss on opening night to Mercyhurst is going to hurt them because Mercyhurst is in the mid fifties somewhere. Yeah. Okay. So, but the fact of the matter remains, um, it still has to be done on the ice, but. As of right now, they're still kind of in the mix, and I'm going to be honest with you. I was surprised when I when this came out this week, and it's and and the weekend was over, and ASU went from 12 to 10. I mean, I was I'm not going to lie, I was surprised, and I'm sure that a part of it has to do with the fact that it's only 10 games into the season, but it does give you an idea of just how tough their schedule is actually going to be this year, as composed well, as opposed let, let, to what we thought going in. Let me tell you about that schedule right now and how it looks. 
Um, Vermont, followed by Denver, followed by Michigan State, followed by Omaha. <laughs> Where do you see a break in the action in those four weekends? Don't. No, and then and then when that's over with, you got Christmas, and then you get Harvard right out of it. Then Harvard's done, and you come back for the new year, and you got Michigan Tech. Um, yeah, it's gonna be if, it's gonna be a lot of fun. But I want you to focus on one number for me. One. Eight. You got it exactly. Eight. One. You said it. Focus on one <laughs> number. One. Eighteen wins, and that's one. gonna be enough to do it. So you got to knock them off. Yes, you do. You got to knock them off one at a time. That's right. But as you knock them off one at a time, when 18 of them have been knocked down, 18 of your number ones, you're going to be talking about a team that's in the national tournament again. And uh, we'll have plenty of stuff to talk about. But right now, the uh, Sun Devils are trying to get rested, recovered. Um, this is the first time I can remember Coach ever talking to me and saying that uh, – their team was beat up. I mean, he told us last week on the powers play. And, of course, folks, this week we will not have a powers play or a pitchfork because he gave the guys some time off, and they did not have media availability this week. Well, so, they're not uh, even – well, the coaches are not even around. They're, no, they're, they're, far, they're out they're, recruiting. Yeah, like they should be. <laughs> yeah, so um, – Well, and, I don't know. Uh, not only are they out recruiting, but the players made some trips too. I saw a bunch of them on social media. have been going all over the place. Uh, I think Connor Stewart came out to see you, didn't he? He was wandering no around idea. New York City last weekend. So. I have no oh, idea because I don't. I'm not going to. Okay. I don't pay any attention. Okay, Booster, you you weren't out buying dinners for people, were you? <laughs> they got They probably have more money than I do. They got to buy them for me. <laughs> uh, okay. Them for me. But by the way. Um, the, the school did not announce uh, players that signed uh, letters of intent this week, but uh, the players kind of went out and did it on their own. Yeah, they do. Uh, social That's media. typical in the fall. It really well, is. Well, you know, um, so we know of at least three players that uh, put out on their own, on their social media and, feed that eventually got around to mine because. And uh, here's where, here's when we'll, when we find out in April, which is their, their official signing day that's when they let us all know officially who they are um right. we're gonna find that out but the well, what we don't know is we know the players that are coming in we don't know when they're coming in and that's a, what's what coach powers will sit down with each player and determine where they fit into the schedule for for asu athletics but yeah congratulations to those guys just to make that commitment a lot of them want to get it off of their their plates and shoulders and minds before they start their season or too far into their season. So when they're able to do that in November, that just gives them a chance to clear their head and say, okay, I'm going to be a sun devil. I'm going, I'm going full bore on my, whatever team I'm playing on right yeah, now. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't want to have to worry about it. So. Yep. Okay. So that's all the good news with that. We talked a little bit about the fortress Invitational, which is coming up here on the third and fourth of January, right at T-Mobile arena, of which I was at last night to, watch an exceptional hockey game. We'll tie this back to the uh, Desert Southwest because Austin Matthews was in town, which is made part of the reason why I wanted to make this trip up here was to see him and see how he played um, against the Golden Knights. And I wanted to see what the Golden Knights were like because um, they've been struggling. But they, they came yeah, out. They, they won a game. They, they got a, a 6 nothing shutout of Calgary the uh, two days before on Sunday. And then they won last night 4-2. to two. 
now Austin Matthews is picked up and he's moved back home. <laughs> if you can, if you can do that for a day or two, uh, uh, they're and, there already. So yeah, he's in Glendale, and uh, tomorrow um, night we'll see him play the Coyotes and we'll see how things match up there. They'll be there with a new coach, as we announced earlier. Mike Babcock was released of his duties today, and uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, there's a lot of talent on that that Maple Leaf team. It's just that it's all forward latent talent. <laughs> and yeah, well, right now. I'm going to tell you right now, and then you can tell me what you want to say, but uh, I think three of the best five goaltenders in the National Hockey League reside in the desert southwest. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you've got Marc-Andre Fleury, and you've got uh, Darcy Kemper, and you've got Auntie Ranta, and, uh, and let me tell you this, Ranta and Kemper came off back-to-back shutout victories uh, last night, and Marc-Andre was phenomenal again last night. Um, I, I want for somebody to show me somebody that's better in net than those three. I don't know. Do they have a 15-game point streak? I don't know. Do they? Any <laughs> of those teams? Because I, I don't think they do. So, um, Who are you talking about? <laughs> I, I don't know. Some random team somewhere. I think they won four cups in a row once, but right. what do I know? Um, not all, it's always interesting to watch uh, to get – glimpses of the, the the crowds when the Maple Leafs uh, head back there to the Valley and, 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 and play the Coyotes. Um, Coyotes are playing well, so obviously that uh, lets them sell more tickets. Uh, and you know that this is probably one of the first games that gets heavy ticket sales uh, when the schedule comes out because people want to see uh, Austin Matthews play in person. Uh, so that's always a a, a, an interesting time, and in maybe as much in the seats as it is on the ice, but because uh, um, you'll see a lot of blue and white there tomorrow. Um, Here is just a, because a, of that. a funny observation that I made last night prior to the game. I, I watched both teams warm up, and I, I quoted on Twitter. I said, I got a feeling this game tonight is going to come down between whether Austin Matthews wins it for – Toronto or Mark Andre Fleury wins it for Vegas. So everybody's off the ice. The horn is sounded. They're trying to get the Zambonis on the ice. Austin Matthews and Mark Andre are basically having a stare down without staring at each other. Neither one of them is leaving the ice. They're both just sitting there. And and finally Austin Matthews skated over the puck and tossed it to a fan over the glass. And then when he did that, Mark Andre went to the the bench and they finally went off. But it was about 30 seconds to a minute after everybody else had left the rink that those two finally left. And in the end, uh, Matthews and the Leafs came on really hard, but Mark Andre had a little over five and a half periods of shutout hockey. And uh, there were some spectacular saves, one that's probably going to go down as a save of the century. It, it was unreal. Uh, yeah, save of the year anyway, but... Uh... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm really sad that uh, the Maple Leafs lost yesterday. I'm really, really sad about that. I can tell. Oh, You're heartbroken. Yeah, I am. <laughs> but, okay. Uh, so NCAA hockey. You got anything more to talk about this week? It's been a light week, but... Uh, it's been a very light week. Um, uh, your boys from Duluth finally got back off the schneid there a little bit. Um, you know, they were... Uh, Struggling there for a while. Uh, North Dakota and Denver had a, a, a pretty big series at Denver. And it looks like, uh, what are they calling them now? I, I don't know. I don't want to. Fighting Hawks. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. Okay. I don't think they call them that back there either. Except no. 
<laughs> but Trust uh, me, they, they don't. Be, no, I guarantee you they don't. Um, and there's an alternative jersey that they don't have, the team doesn't have and can't wear, but the fans mm, have. Oh, I bet you know they do. what I'm talking do. about? I do. It <laughs> uh, looks a little bit like a Blackhawks jersey. Yeah, and let me also tell you that the alumni – don't know them as the Fighting Hawks. No, I, uh, yeah, I know that. Enough um, said about that, but that team is is really good. They they recruited really well. They brought in some really highly touted freshmen, and let me tell you, from past coverage, UND is not a team that starts fast. So if they're able to start fast and finish like they normally do, uh, that spells a lot of problems for teams in the NCHC and elsewhere. Yeah, well. Um... Western Michigan was suffering a little bit this week. Um, uh, Cornell and Harvard, even though they got a later start than than most, are the only two unbeaten teams left. Um, uh, trying to think here, uh, Penn State. Um, you know they were uh, they they were blew people blowing people out this week. Uh, I did get to see some of Michigan State and Michigan. Uh, they kind of adjusted their schedule for the Big Ten Network, so I got to see some of uh, of that uh, of those two games over the weekend. Um, Michigan State was actually losing to Michigan on the Thursday night game, and uh, they were down a couple of goals, came back to win that game four to three. So, you know, they're going to be dangerous too. Just another another team that is on ASU's schedule that uh, is is still going to be very dangerous. Um, Clarkson looks really, really tough again this year. And so it, it is not going to be an easy road at all. Let me, let me tell you my two observations on that real quickly. We're talking, um, first of all, parody in NCAA hockey, the parody has become very evident that there are a lot of really good teams. Here's where I think that parody affects ASU. They play an independent schedule, which means that they do not have the – and I just spoke about their mini gauntlet with Vermont, Denver, Michigan State. I, I talked about that. But when you're a team like North Dakota, for example, and you've got Western, and you've got St. Cloud State, and you've got Minnesota Duluth, and you've got Denver, and you talk about the NCHC, I'm just using that as an example, but is there ever an off weekend there? I mean, can you ever afford to have any hiccups? If you no. want to uh, continue on, whereas like, and I don't want to take anything away from Vermont because they're certainly a great program, but they're coming here. And if ASU does what they're supposed to do, they're going to sweep Vermont and they're going to go to eight and four heading into a huge weekend series against Denver. So that, you know, I would much rather take on Vermont at home than say, for example, travel to Western Michigan if I'm, North Dakota or whatever. And the same thing for the Big Ten. We know there's no goaltender in the Big Ten. That's not allowed to bring in a stellar goaltender. Oh, Except boy, for Notre I'm Dame. Gonna, I'm going to get beat up on that one. Except for Notre Dame. Yeah. But you uh, but you have teams that can beat each other. Minnesota, Wisconsin, Penn State, Michigan State. Just go right down the list. Notre Dame. You, you know, so at, when they're fully into their conference schedule, it's a gauntlet, right? And yeah. that's why you saw, what, what did you tell me last week? There were nine ties one a night? Nine and, ties. And a 10th yeah. game went in, um, I think went to a shootout. Yeah, so that's, 
that's the parody I'm talking about. But that's why you see ASU as number 10 in the pairwise, I think, because these teams are, I mean, is ASU better than Minnesota Duluth right now? I don't know. I don't know if they are. But Minnesota Duluth has had to play a gauntlet of a schedule so far. And even though they may play good, somebody has to win and somebody has to lose, or it's a tie. And if it's a tie, that doesn't help you in the pairwise rankings. Doesn't hurt you, though, either. But listen, I'm going to say this, okay? I don't know how the season's going to turn, but once again, Alaska went on the road this weekend and got to split it, Northern Michigan. I know. I know. So, um, who knows just how that's going to keep how that's going to keep going? Um, I, there's just so right now. There's just a lot of different things going on, um, and you know, it's it's just crazy. Uh, UNH is playing better at over in Hockey East. UConn upset Lowell at Lowell this weekend. Um, Sacred Heart ended up beating uh, RIT, which had been playing really well in a sweep this weekend, including a 14 game, a 14 goal offense fest. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, and that doesn't even include AIC's 12 nothing win over Mercyhurst. Yeah. So, ouch! You know, there were all kinds of crazy. Uh, results over the weekend and you know you just can't there's there's just no right now there's nothing is settled uh, obviously not it's still early in the year but I don't think this first month and a half of the season has gone the way anybody thought it would no, I so agree. there's your parody okay that's a great note to end it on this week we, we talked a little bit about everything uh, I do want to shout out a couple of things. Uh, our good friend Hiroki Wakabayashi is now entering week three of his chemotherapy treatment. You want to know, you know uh, I do. How, how tough that is. That is, um, it is so tough. It is, it, it, it is, you're, it's not you're, just you're, the treatment, for, Paul, for, right? For, it's for, everything else that goes it, with it. Listen, for people that kind of know how cancer gets treated, but don't really know, here's a simple layman's way of, you're poisoning yourself to try and cure yourself. Yes. Between the radiation and very everything. good analogy. So uh, you're 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 trying to limit the damage done by the poison, hoping that it gets uh, most of the cancer cells. So um, and it definitely will do damage, even if you survive it. Yeah. You're not. It is. It is going to be. Uh, a fight that you're just you're going to lose some it's just a matter of how much and you hope you just break even right I hear you very well said keep it up Hiroki okay so uh, the the auction starts December 1st we've got some jerseys coming in from from all over we've got a signed stick by the Coyotes which could become very valuable by the end of the year if they continue to play they are so uh, keep watching for that. We'll have more information the next week or so about how that gets started, how you can help. Just, just um, bid also, on it because you're helping Hiroki. Forget yeah. about how yeah. valuable it might be or not exactly. be. Exactly. Just good point. Good point. Um, so, so we look forward to that. Uh, we messed around with a couple of uh, 
new potential sponsors. So I want to throw that out there. Uh, we also talked a little bit about the uh, the vehicle wrap. I put that out there now. We've got three spots on the vehicle. One for our weekly hockey talk show. Uh, that would be on the driver's side rear. And then on the back of the car is our spot, College Hockey Southwest nice. Weekly. So we're looking for a sponsor that wants to get visibility. I estimate about 50,000 miles per calendar year traveling the desert southwest, parked at arenas, parked in different places, and moving up and down the roads. Great way to get exposure for your business. So welcome aboard somebody, whoever wants to take that step with their business. And then, of course, on the passenger side, we have our Sunday special, which we're going to rekindle in earnest just as soon as we find that title sponsor. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, the sponsors that we do have, we love you. We appreciate all that you do for us behind the mask. Our friends over at OxyPal. Uh, we have our friends at Oceanside. We have mm -hmm. our friends over at Ice Bend, Scottsdale, and Chandler. Right. We've got our friends at M Drive who right. always drive this. And by the way, Paul, I've got an M Drive package that I swear to God is going to go in the mail to you <laughs> along with some other goodies that I've been promising. Yeah. I'm okay. waiting to get them all together. Uh, now I may just keep them till December, though, because why not give you a Christmas gift? <laughs> well, I can't use them until I get them. So, uh, so anyway, um, but the guys at M Drive have been fantastic. Uh, we're looking at a couple other different people. I had a nice visit with uh, Alisa Klein of Roger Klein and the Peacemakers and Roger Klein's Moonshine Mexican Moonshine Tequila. They are definitely coming on board with us after the first of the year. They're having a brand change. They're not going to be known as Mexican Moonshine anymore. It's going to be Roger Klein's Tequila something. So Do, do, they, do they sell that at College Bar and Grill? Uh, I'm guessing they do. You like the way I segued that yeah. in there? You nice like job. That, that was you coming like up that? next. College yeah, Bar and yeah, Grill. Yeah, yeah. Our guys, don't forget about OxyPow. Just a couple of weeks. I got OxyPow in there. Uh, Fantastic Friday coming up in a couple of days. So. Uh, just a quick breakdown while well, we got a minute here just to go over what's happening this week. I came up here for Vegas, Golden Knights, and Toronto. Right. Um, no game today. Tomorrow it's Coyotes in Toronto and right. UNLV Hopefully at the game ends the same way. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Friday we've got ASU women playing their first home game of the season, if you can believe that. Followed by, against Utah, followed by ASU ACHA D1 against Utah. Saturday afternoon at 1 o'clock, it's game two of UNLV and U of A in Tucson. And then in the afternoon, it's going to be ASU women again uh, with Utah in game two. And then um, after that, it's going to be ACHA ASU D1 against Utah. And then Sunday, our old Floating, Scott. Floating. Our old friend Dave Tippett comes to town with the Edmonton Oilers against the Arizona Coyotes on Sunday. So lots of great hockey action. Get out and see some. Support your local team. Do what you have to do to do what we want to do, which is grow the game of hockey in the desert southwest. Can't think of a better way to end it, Paul. Uh, other than uh, happy anniversary to you and Terry? Um, no. Isn't that this week? No, that's her Did birthday. I miss something? Ter Oh, her birthday. I'm sorry. Happy yep. birthday, Terry. I knew there was something going on there. Yep, that's coming up. And uh, our anniversary is back in September. So but not, okay. not on that, but the birthday is coming up. So we'll go out and do something good while we're in Vegas tonight. Uh, nice. Taking a show somewhere along the way and hope that we don't get snowed in wondering how we're going to get home in this terrible, disgusting 57-degree weather. 
Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Minnesota. All right, my friend. Okay. Have a good week. You Thanks too. for tuning in, folks, on College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Get it wherever you can find your podcast. If you're hearing us, you've got it. If you're watching us, that means you've been to our website, our YouTube channel at Ice Time SW, or the hockey website at IcetimeHockeySW.com. For Paul Hornstein on Long Island, I'm Scott Strandy. This week in Las Vegas, Nevada, saying a fine farewell and watch some hockey and tune in next week when we're previewing a huge series for ASU against Vermont and enjoy some turkey while you're at it. Pre-game like a pro, post-game like a champion at College Bar and Grill. Located across the street from the iconic A Mountain and Sun Devil Stadium and a quick walk from Wells Fargo Arena, College Bar and Grill is your home for the best local craft beer, delicious creative cocktails, tasty food, and Tempe's best atmosphere for Arizona State Athletics. College Bar and Grill, pre-game like a pro, post-game like a champion. Online at ilovecollege.co. Hey, Michael here from M-Drive. My dad, a world-class scientist, actually made M-Drive for himself to stay active and continue enjoying life. And yes, M-Drive supports healthy testosterone, but it's so much more. M-Drive is the everyday supplement to fuel your drive with more energy and more strength. Listen, we'd love for you to try M-Drive too. Visit mdriveformen.com and we'll give you 20% off your first purchase. Just type in the code DRIVE at checkout. Refine your prime with M-Drive.